Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into another live edition of the Hoopers Live Again, previewing what's going on when it comes to the world of basketball. We are in day two of our previews of the NBA divisions within the NBA. There are six divisions. We are on the Central Division today. I am your host, Simo Buckets. We have Andrew Norris here on the line. We'll get to him in a moment. First of all, let's get to all this stuff that we got to get to before we start the show. Phone number is 323 642-1558. If you want to call in and win a free PlayStation 4 edition of NBA 2K16, we're giving it away. The question is, what is the total points scored in the career of Michael Jordan in NBA Finals Game 5s? Is total points scored in all Game 5s of his NBA Finals career? If you have the answer, you will get the game. If you call in, again, the phone number 323-642-1558. Or you can tweet me or Andrew uh, at Talk B-Ball Now, or you can t- uh, tweet me at Cmo Buckets two five three. Again, if you want to tweet us or call in, I'd feel I'd more feel likely if you'd call in, it'd be a much better situation. But if not, if you're if you're not aware of who we are, what we do, again, cmobuckets.com. You can check me out there. Also, check out more on what the Hooper Log is about. Anything news related. Um, also, we're going to be, like I said, we're giving away 2K16. We got shirts and beanies coming along the road. We're, they should be here in a month. In a month. At the, at the latest, I would say late October, early November, we will get those ready. And by mid-November, expect all of those to be ready. Again, this is CLNS Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and the phone number is one more time, 323-642-1558. Real quickly before I introduce Andrew, this division is the Central Division in the Eastern Conference. Again, October 14th, 2015, here for CLNS Radio, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern. And again, if you want NBA 2K, the question is, what is the total points scored in the career of Michael Jordan in NBA Finals Game 5s throughout his career? Phone number 323-642-1558. This division is absolutely loaded. You have the team, the defending Eastern Conference champions and the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then you have uh, two, maybe three other teams, and maybe even all five could potentially make the postseason this year. We have quite the show in front of us. Andrew, are you get, are you ready to go? Simo, I am ready. I'm excited. This is uh, the division of my hometown team, and uh, you know I got notes over here going crazy. And let's let's get it started. 
I'm saying so too, man. Let's get this going. Let's get this party started. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. The Cleveland Cavaliers, let's begin with the defending Eastern Conference champions, shall we? They have, first of all, this team is loaded, as we know. This team is ready to make another playoff run. The problem is, is early on in the year, they're going to run into some speed bumps, and it's not going to be because of chemistry. It's going to be because of health. Uh, If you've been looking at them lately in the news, this team has been having some issues when it comes to their health, when it comes to their uh, overall, everything's not going to come together until about January. Uh, Iman Shumpert is out until December, January with his situation and his injury. Um, and then you got Kyrie Irving. He's out till November. May uh, Timetable is not specific, but it's late November, December, maybe even January. You got those two guys. That's your starting backcourt. Obviously, LeBron James is going to be there. The best player in the NBA is going to be there. He has stated he's going to play less minutes. I think he might be talking more about the second half of the season because the beginning of the season – He's going to have to carry the team. He is. I mean, you have Kevin Love who's going to be back, and he's still coming back off of that injury off of his shoulder. He's still coming back. Who knows how he's going to play coming into the regular season. Timothy Mozgov will be playing an entire year for this team, so that will help them with the length down low. But outside of that, I mean, they did upgrade on their bench. Mo Williams, a guy from a year ago, played for the Portland Trailblazers. He's back on the Cleveland Cavaliers, a guy who is an instant threat to score off the bench, a just flat-out shooter, a guy who can get you 20 points immediately within about a 5-10 minute span. Really, though, if you just give him the ball, he will score the basket. Uh, J.R. Smith will be starting for Amon Shumpert for those first couple of months. If he can come in and provide the offense that we know he can, this guy could be the guy to step up and help them out. Tristan Thompson, he's holding out. By my knowledge and what I've heard, He's going to be holding out until basically he gets the money he's deserving. What's that going to do to the locker room? What's that going to do to the team? What's that going to do with their chemistry when it comes to the big man situation and how they're going to have that rotation on the bench? What's he going to do and what's he going to provide for them if and when he comes back? He might not come back. He might come back sooner than later. Who knows? That is an unknown timetable for him. But one big factor that's going to come back for them for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and this was a non-factor in the postseason last year. Obviously, like I said, Kevin Love's going to be back. But Anderson Varejao, really the cornerstone of this Cleveland Cavaliers franchise for the last 10, 15 years, this guy has been around the team when LeBron was first there and when LeBron left and when he came back. This guy will be back. He'll be healthy. He got hurt around January of last season, really kind of deterring and making them, making the Cleveland Cavaliers make the move to get a guy like Timothy Mozgov. Anderson Varejao will be back, and he will provide the spark while Tristan Thompson's out, which is really ironic because – with Tristan Thompson holding out, I don't think he understands that, yes, he had an amazing postseason. No one's going to deny that he had an outstanding postseason in 2014-2015. I don't think anyone will deny that. The problem is Anderson Varejao has been out since January, and Tristan Thompson really just filled a void. Anderson Varejao is going to come back, and he, it is almost as if they're going to forget about Tristan Thompson real quick. I think Tristan Thompson would help, obviously, considering what he did in the postseason, but Anderson's going to come in and be that guy. He's going to be that guy. He was that guy in Cleveland at the beginning of the year when Kevin Love was struggling, when he wasn't finding his shot, when LeBron was was kind of off and on with his injuries, when he was starting slow. Kyrie Irving had started a little slow. When that team was around 500 for the first two months of the year, Anderson Varejao was really the bright spot. He was a guy who was making his own shot, providing for the offense, being a team player. The guy was playing an outstanding brand of basketball, really. 
and Anderson was there to do that, and he's going to be right back in the mix of it, and he's really going to help this team out when Amon Shumpert and Kyrie Irving are out. And when those guys come back, if this team can tread water for the first two, two and a half months of the season up until about mid-January, look out. I'm telling you, this team might go on a run like no other from about all-star break on, and they might find themselves right back in the postseason. They picked up a couple, I mean, in the, in the NBA Finals, excuse me, because they should be in the postseason. This is a postseason basketball team. If you have LeBron James and you're not in the postseason, you've epically failed. David Blatt in his second season as a coach. Richard Jefferson is picked off. He's going he's gonna to probably play a little bit of minutes here and there, garbage minutes. James Jones, as we know, a guy who can shoot from the outside from time to time. And Matthew Delavadola. Delhi, peanut butter Delhi time is in the building. Guy will be playing a lot more extensive minutes uh, when Kyrie Irving's out. Expect him to play a lot more, but I expect Mo Williams to start. Again, expect this early season struggles to happen a lot like 2014. It's going to be from a different perspective considering J.R. Smith and Mo Williams will have to be in the starting lineup for the first couple of months with Amon Shumpert and Kyrie Irving out. Um, this is my real question to you, Andrew, before you take, get your take on the, uh, on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Really, how will these guards hold up for the first two, maybe three months of the season prior to the All-Star break for this Cleveland Cavaliers team? Uh, you know, I really I don't worry too much about the point guard. Uh, watching Mo Williams play last year, he didn't he didn't look bad. You know, he had some outstanding games. Um, he had some outstanding stretches. He had a, you know he had a few oh I'm getting old games, but he really still could ball. I mean, he he'd go out every night. Uh, and he he drop he drop a fair amount of points he get he get his assist and and the reason that really you can hold up that point guard is because you're not a point guard uh, LeBron's on your team he's the point guard um, so it's going to be a lot less pressure on Mo Williams on Delavadova to really uh, you know take the ball control the court uh, decide who's going where call the plays all that and then at the two guard you got J R Smith. Obviously, he can't play all the minutes, so, so you're going to need, you know, you're going to have to get some minutes out of Joe Harris. You're going to have to throw Richard Jefferson at the two, even maybe play James Jones at the two a little bit. Uh, but but the guard play doesn't concern me too much because uh, in a LeBron James offense, there, uh, there's a lot of stand, wait for the ball, wait for him to drive and kick, and then you better make your three. Um, it, it excites me that Mo Williams back, man. I remember watching young LeBron and Mo, you know, play a little two-man ball, get some Anderson Vergeau in there. It's it's exciting to see because Mo Williams is one of those players that really, you know, him and LeBron together and Anderson Vergeau winning a championship is awesome. Uh, my take my take on the team, you know, I think easily the best team in the Eastern Conference. I don't think I don't think anybody's going to approach them. I think they might win the conference by ten games. You know they got the you know the Bulls can compete, the Raptors can compete, but they're they're not the Cavs. Um, you know you're gonna have healthy Kevin Love, which uh, especially with Kyrie gonna be out to start the season, he's uh, he's gonna produce. He's gonna put up some big numbers. He's back to being a number two option at least. Um, you know you have you, you went through an off season where right now your off season's still really going on with with the struggle to re-sign Tristan Thompson. You know, obviously in the offseason you re-signed LeBron uh, one year with player options second. Signed Mo Williams, you re-signed Iman. So you're waiting on one more thing. You're waiting on the final piece of the puzzle to really come back. You know, if Tristan Thompson comes back, you're you're talking about, a, 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 you know, down low, you're talking about Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Tim Faye Mozgov, and Anderson, Anderson Berger. That is something LeBron has never had. 
you know, he had some good big men in his first stint with the Cavs. He had, he had Big Z, he had, he had Bear Zhao. But as far as uh, down low people who can really dominate, he will finally have that. You know, on the Heat, they, they never had, I mean, Chris Bosh, but Chris Bosh is going to kind of play the Kevin Love role and stand outside. But he never had that Timothy Mozgov who's going to come and he's going to just throw your shot 10 feet into the stands. Um, it's it's a different it's a it's a different team than we're used to seeing be around around LeBron because obviously in a franchise like this everything comes back to him the roster the moves they're gonna make who's gonna play and how much they're gonna play going to fit the king and that's how it should be. Uh, you want to win a championship you make the best player in the world the most important player in any sport in the whole world um, it's it's a team that could go out and win 65 games. I really do believe that. Um, one goal, you know, most teams, you know, if you think about it, though, if anywhere from three to five goals throughout the season, be it individual goals or team goals, they have one goal, and that is to win the championship. Anything short is a failure. Anything short is a bust. And anything short is, is shameful. With the roster this team has, especially if they stay healthy, there is no reason for them not to win the NBA title in 2016. And the thing with that, and you bring up a fantastic point, and I, 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 I wouldn't say I disagree, but I, I am on the same level playing field. I'm, I am moderate to agree. I'd say, like, if I had to rate a one to ten, I give, I give it a six for how much I agree um, on the big man situation. Big Z was a really good player. I mean, he was a great Cleveland Cavalier. I, and I, but I agree with you. From the standpoint of depth, absolutely. If T- Tristan Thompson comes back after this holdout, who knows what's going to happen with that. But if he comes back from that holdout, Anderson Barajo is back. Kevin Love's back. I mean, obviously, they missed him throughout the postseason. And then Kyrie Irving just really – Kyrie Irving really was um, – he, he, he toughened out a lot in the postseason, He was hurt the whole pretty much from the Eastern conference on this guy really gutted it out and uh, props to him. And he really was that bad. If he's hurt so much to the point where he's probably even out till January in the regular season, that just lets you know how much that guy, how much toughness that guy was, was, was putting on display in the NBA postseason last year. But really, I mean, you brought up a good point about Kyrie Irving being a second option and, and Kevin Love. He can now really – can he really play like the Kevin Love now for these first two months of the year, uh, considering Kyrie Irving and Amon Shumpert will be out? I mean, if, since Kyrie's gone, Kyrie really was the, the second man in that offense, and Kevin Love was kind of just another player. Can Kevin Love really can, – can he boost his game back to that Timberwolves status the way he was a couple of years ago since Kev, Kyrie Irving will be out? Um, it, it really depends on one simple thing. It's will David Blatt let him. Uh, you yeah. know, David Blatt's offense consists of him sitting at the three-point line, um, which is it works when you have all your pieces. When you have Kyrie there, that three-point line power forward is going to work. Uh, now in his second season in the NBA, you're going to see if this, you know, overseas he's an all-time great. You're going to see if this guy – um, can adjust the way an NBA coach should. Um, it, it, I think it was obvious to all of us at home uh, watching the games that Kevin Love needs to play in the post. Sure, have him go shoot his threes, um, but there's ways you can adjust this offense to where, you know, you give Kevin Love five, ten minutes even to be in the number one option. Uh, you know, feeding him in the post, 
let him back somebody down. This this is a strong guy. He doesn't he doesn't have that look of you know somebody who's going to back you down and just manhandle you. But if you you know you watch the tape, you watch the games, he can really put some guys you know down. He can he can back them down. He can take them all the way to under the rim. And you know he's got good touch inside. He's a good three point shooter. Sure, he's awesome in the post. He's he is he's a perfect fit for this team if used correctly. Um, as far as personnel goes, uh, I really do think he can jump back to that form. Um, you know, he's not going to go out average twenty five and fourteen, but as far as twenty and ten, twenty and twelve, well, Kyrie's gone. Sure, a hundred percent. And you know, when Kyrie's back, I want him in the post a little bit more, but I still think he is better suited mostly, you know, doing mostly what he did last year. And I think, and I think from the perspective that, yeah, again, Kyrie's going to be gone, and, and Kevin Love's going to have to expand his game back to that level. Um, again, there's a lot of factors involved coming into the season, unlike a year ago. A year ago, we just saw a brand new coach, LeBron, coming back with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. We had no idea really what to expect. And we saw kind of a little bit of a train wreck in the first couple, two months, three months of the season. This year, it's more of, like you said, David Blatt making that adjustment, considering he is an all-time legend. He is basically a Red Auerbach, Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich overseas. That's what he is. And if he can come into this year and make those adjustments with the pieces that he has, and he can find a way to adjust with the lack of Amon Shumpert, Kyrie Irving at the starting position and have Mo Williams and J.R. Smith kind of just tread water for them, the only issue that I have and the only real question I have is can LeBron, LeBron play that NBA Finals LeBron James to keep this team afloat? Outside of that, I mean, like you said, when we get into January, if this team is better than they were a year ago, like you said, you're correct. You're looking at a team, they won 53 games last year. At one point, they were 21 and 20, or 20 and 21, whatever. They were 500 at the halfway mark. And this team rattled off. They only had eight, nine losses in the second half of the season. You're talking about a team that when they get on a roll, they're unbeatable. And if all the pieces come back after New Year's or right around late December, January, when this team fully comes back into form, you're talking about a team, like you said, 60, 65 wins should be the goal. Getting to the Eastern Conference Finals easily and contending and then getting into the NBA Finals to win it all. That should be the case. The only problem, and this is one more question I have before we move on, uh, will LeBron have to play that NBA Finals LeBron James just to keep this team afloat? Uh, not at all. Um, you know, it it helps, sure. But uh, this team has a big problem to start with chemistry. And, of course, uh, you know, the two two of the three main pieces didn't go through the final run with them. But this team, most for the most part, has now been to the finals together. Um, you, you have an immense amount of talent at every position. Your weakest position is 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 probably shooting guard, and that's J.R. Smith. Uh, that's not a bad fifth. You know, that's not a bad fifth option. I, he's probably a fourth option as far as the offense goes, but as far as talent goes, you know, he's he's not a bad fifth guy to have. Um, you know, coming off the bench, you you have guys who, I mean, there was game a healthy non-fatigued Matthew Delvadova was shutting down Steph Curry. You got Anderson Berge out. Who knows how he's going to come back, but it's it's still a seven-footer who's going to go get you some offensive boards, who 
has led the league in rebounds before, if I'm not mistaken. It's he does not have to play NBA Finals, LeBron. I don't even think he has to be LeBron. He just has to be, uh, you know, a good version of himself if this team wants to go win. I don't know, sixty-five games. I just, I just, it's just the one thing I worry about, and that's this first couple of months. But like you said, once we get into twenty sixteen, January twenty sixteen, I am, I am all feeling confident about this team. I mean, really though, it would not shock me if you know Stephen A. Smith and all these other columnists and and talkers and and you know blowhards they start getting into panic mode about this team early on now. If they are in if they are in disarray come February March that's a whole different ball game but we said that last year and look where they ended up so I agree with you I think that if they can hold the ship honestly they're going to be fine and they're going to be a team to reckon with again in the NBA Finals you're listening to the Hoopers Log here on CLNS Radio again uh, sponsored by BlogTalk.com and also uh, other things and like DraftKings and all those other things that we got going on as well. Uh, we're going to go to a break real quick. Again, if you want to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558. We're going to get into the deep part of this division here shortly. Uh, but first, we're going to go to break, and we'll be back as soon as possible. Oh! Off. 
this beat I rhyme off It's from Thelonious Pete and Hugo, my boss You feel it in the air, it's such a fine force But you don't hear me though, just like a mom's talk That's cause I'm in Europe, me and my friends Tura I'm on my pimp, my temperature is tempura I take it easy on my watch, I'm watching TV And my clean is my Harishi, see the hair is trying to beat me I continue to do loose pace Them say him got two heads and four eyes Just like true face But see my secret safe, it's in my secret safe That's in my secret room, on my secret base So from the runner of the FNF crew Come in hip hop, we come to resurrect you, you, you Sorry that my phone was on mute. Apologies for that, everyone. Apologies for that. My phone was on mute. I am right back here again. Again, you're listening live to the Hooper's Log. Apologize for that. This is what happens when you when you uh, are are reading. I literally just read to myself for the last like five seconds. Apologize for that. Anyway, we're back on the show here, live on the Hooper's Log, and I was just talking about the Central Division. And again, Cleveland was 53 and 29 last year. Chicago, the team we'll be talking about now. 50 and 32, Milwaukee 41 and 41, Indiana 38 and 44, lost the tiebreaker to the Nets. I don't know how they did so. And then Detroit, again, finished in the bottom half at 32 and 50. The Chicago Bulls, again, they're starting the Fred Hoiberg era this year. The Tom Thibodeau era is over in Chicago. And they've pretty much been the same team for the last, and they've pretty much been the same team for the last, I don't know, two, three years now. The only difference is, is they finally have. A Derrick Rose healthy for the first time in about two or three years. And that might even be in question considering his face injury uh, in the preseason. And uh, considering this team, I mean, again, they have the combo power. They have the big men down low and Joe Kim Noah and Pau Gasol, the instant offense and the grittiness of Joe Kim Noah. And then you have Mike Dunleavy, a guy who's, who's, I think, I believe he's been hurt for a while. I've heard he's hurt. I've heard he's out for the first couple of weeks or the first couple of months of the season. He won't be back till December. And then you got a guy in Jimmy Butler, obviously, taking the big leaps that he did this, uh, this last season. And then Derrick Rose, if he can come in and play at the healthy pace that he can play. Again, you're talking about a formidable top uh, starting five. Again, the bench didn't change at all this offseason. Doug McDermott, Dougie McDermott, hopefully he gets better and he'll play some minutes where Mike Dunleavy was out. Nikola Miritich, again, another guy who took a huge step as a rookie last season, a guy who played outstanding. Taj Gibson's in the back, again, as a big man down low. Down low, he's playing fantastic. Aaron Brooks, again, another guy who could fill in for Derrick Rose, and he's proven to be a really good bench player. Kirk Heinrich and Etwan Moore and Tony Snell. All these guys take a step forward. They're going to be fine. Again, they're going to be another team to face in the Eastern Conference, and who knows what kind of identity Fred Hoiberg is going to bring for this team. I mean, who knows what he's going to actually mean. Tom Thibodeau brought the toughness, brought the defense. It's all about really what is Fred Hoiberg going to do. Uh, the, the 
first thing, really, they they have a lack of size off the bench. They only have a couple of guys who are really in the 6'10 era. I mean, they have a couple of guys outside of that. Paul Gasol's the only seven-footer on this team. And outside of that, that's the only thing they really lack. On top of, I mean, can they be healthy? What will Fred Hoiberg do? And the only other question is, where is the offense going to come from? We know Jimmy Butler can score. We know Paul Gasol can score. We know Derrick Rose can score. But outside of that, who else is going to score? These guys are outstanding basketball players. The only problem that Chicago has had for the last two or three years has been what is going to be generated for the offensive side of the basketball. Their defense will be fine. Their offense will be fine. It just comes down to when will the key moments, who's going to take over. It used to be Derrick Rose, but I don't know if Derrick Rose is, is, is healthy enough or at that level anymore to do so. Hopefully he can be because then that question will be answered. But if not, then you're asking Jimmy Butler to do what he did last year, except improve. You're asking Paul Gasol to improve, which I don't think can be necessary anymore, considering the guy is getting older. Derrick Rose's health has always been in question. Really, the, the, the real thing is, is if Carmelo would have gone there last, last year, you're talking about a team that would be set and competing for the, for the NBA Finals. That's really what would be happening, and that's what we'll be talking about. But they don't. The other issue they have coming into this season, Joe Kim Noah is a free agent in the summertime. Joe Kim Noah is a staple of that defense. He's been one of the better defensive centers in the NBA, especially for his size. And then you talk about 2017 is a really, really scary summer with Derrick Rose being, uh, being a free agent. A couple of other guys will be free agents as well that are major contributors to this team. I mean, it, the only question I got for you, Andrew, and again, apologies for all the, the blank space that I just gave out for my music. Uh, <laughs> Uh, will this team respond to Fred Hoiberg considering the loss of Tom Thibodeau? Um, I, I'm interested. You know, it's it's going to be an adjustment. Uh, the beginning of the season could be could be rough for them uh, as far as, you know, broken face, Derrick Rose, broken knee Derrick Rose, whatever is going to be wrong with him to start the season, if it's not everything. Um, you know, it, it, he's going to have to learn how to make adjustments at the NBA level. Uh, it, it was silly, in my opinion, for your time, Thibodeau. It's just, it's, it's a joke of, it's uh, egos. It's front office egos. You see it a lot. You see it in a lot of franchises, but you normally don't see it in franchises as storied as the Chicago Bulls. Um, I, I do think the team will respond well. Uh, the whole, the whole season really uh, rests on Jimmy Butler's shoulders. You got Joakim Noah, who's been getting progressively worse every year for the last three years. You got Pau Gasol a year older, um, and, you know, if there was a problem with Thibodeau, it's a ton of minutes. Uh, so a year older coming off a season where he played deep into the playoffs and played a ton of minutes. Um, and so it's all going to be, is Jimmy Butler going to get even better, uh, which is it would be astounding. I mean, he took such a huge leap last year. You got to think he's going to level off or, you know, even even – go down a little bit, which even if he does go down a little bit, he's still a top five shooting guard at the peak. Um, I do, I do believe Fred Hoiberg is, is going to be a good NBA coach, not a great NBA coach, not a coach that's going to lead a team to the finals. But uh, I think when you, when you get towards playoff time, you'll really see him start making those NBA adjustments and showing what he's really made of. Yeah. It's, it's uh this team, I mean, again, they're getting older. They're not the same. They're not the young bulls that they were back in 2010 when Derrick Rose was literally jumping over buildings and playing Spider-Man. I mean, that's they're not, they're not that anymore. And they're a team 
that is more of a, I would call them more of a foundation. They have the foundation to do well. They just don't have the foundation to go far because they don't have anything really sparking their team. They don't. I mean, Derrick Rose isn't that guy anymore, and the only thing that can, that can help Derrick Rose out is him being healthy. And as we know, he's going to be a free agent in a couple of years. Jimmy Butler, if it can he, like you said, can he take that extra step? They don't have anyone with a small forward position that ooh and ahs you. I mean, Nikola Miritich can maybe take that role with Mike Dunleavy out, but no one really shocks you at that position. And Paul Gasol and Joe Kim Noah, they, they kind of just are what they are. This team really is what they are. They're, they're nothing special. The only thing that's making them potentially better is a guy in Fred Hoiberg. And that's really the only question outside of them staying healthy and maybe picking up a renter player. I mean, where will the offense come from? Could Melo walk in that door sometime this year? How long will the Knicks keep Carmelo Anthony? We talked about that in the last show. I mean, will he stay around? I mean, again, the lack of size. This team is really just, they are what they are. There's nothing really new holding this team up. I mean, this is the only, I mean, this is the question that everyone's been asking. Can they win the finals? And the question is, is not can they win the finals, is where can they grab one more body? One, not just a body, one more offensive threat if they can grab one more this team kind of reminds me and i'm not going to knock the bulls for saying this and this isn't an insult but they kind of remind me of the chicago the, the boston celtics i mean they're a great team i mean the boston celtics aren't a great team they're a very good team the bulls are kind of like a boston celtics on you know on on crack no not to not to you know not to use a drug metaphor but that, that's 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 what it is they're they're really a really good team, a really, really good team. They just don't have the firepower punch. I mean, they have Jimmy Butler, who's great. And they have Derrick Rose, who's great when healthy. Paul Gasol is an offensive firepower, and he's a guy who can get you from time to time 35 points and 20 rebounds, from time to time, every once in a while, like once a month. Joe Kim Noah is a guy who's going to play well defensively, but offensively he's going to get you nothing. I mean, that's, that is what this team is. They're, they're not going to have a guy who's a go-to guy down the stretch. Jimmy Butler – was that guy from time to time. Derrick Rose, he hasn't proven to be that guy anymore. Pablo Gasol has proven that he can do that at, at points, but they need the consistency. They haven't shown that. And when people ask, can this team win the finals, and, I, and that's the question I have is, can they? You know, there's, there are a lot of teams that have just gotten better around them, especially in this division. I mean, you look at a team in Indiana, who we're going to get to in a second, Cleveland. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks, who have even gotten better, and even the Detroit Pistons have gotten that. I mean, they've gotten better. But they can, they can hang with the Bulls. They can hang with them. I mean, no one in this division is, is behind the Bulls anymore. It used to be the Bulls were just so good defensively and so tough and just gritty that you couldn't beat them. Now it's like they're getting older. They're just who they are. There's nothing special about them. And really, I don't know how much further they can grow. No, yeah, I, I, I agree on that as far as, as, far as growth. They have – one guy who may may have not reached his potential yet, and it's Jimmy Butler. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, I guess you got Nikola Mirotic, but even him, he played out of his mind last year. I don't think he really can can catch up there. Um, you got you got like I said, Joe Noah and Paul Saw. They're going to regress. It's like the the saying is, "Father time is undefeated," especially yeah. in big men. Especially in big men. Big men don't beat Father Time. Paul Gasol is beating father time right now. I mean, he's, he's getting up there, especially for a big man. Uh, it's just, it's a team that I think this is their last year to really go for it. Um, like, unless, unless somebody walks through that door that, that can, like you said, spark the team. 
uh, with the way the roster is currently constructed, they they have to go all or nothing. Derrick Rose has to hand the keys to Jimmy Butler and let him drive. You're not going to win the title with a point guard who shoots 44% from the field. It's not going to happen. It has never happened, and it will never happen. It's just that simple. And that's the only thing that really can help this team improve. And, again, this team, in my opinion, has the talent. And if everything clicks, they can win a title. They can. They they can win a title if everything clicks. If everything works out, if Fred Hoiberg is the magic spark to this team as a coach, if Joe Kim Noah can pull something out of a hat offensively, if Pau Gasol plays at his peak level, Jimmy Butler improves, Derrick Rose goes back goes back kind of to the old Derrick Rose, not that he'll play athletically, but when it comes to smart Derrick Rose, if they can put it all together with the current team they have, they can definitely contend for a title. It just has to happen that way, though. They all have to have career years to win a title. That just hasn't been the case, and health has always found a way to impact them. And, again, they need an offensive piece. If Melo decides to join the Bulls, and I've mentioned this to you in multiple previous shows in the past with the Chicago Bulls and what they did this offseason, if they can find a way to get one offensive piece, and if Melo walks through that door in late November, early December, if the Knicks just let him go and give him away and the Bulls pick him up, that's the title team right there. That is the NBA champion. You're, you're, I, I don't care what the Cleveland Cavaliers do. If you add Carmelo Anthony to Pau Gasol, Jimmy Butler, and Derrick Rose, I really don't care what happens. That starting four can compete with every single team in the NBA. Granted, the bench Here's for the Bulls what, needs to improve, but Carmelo would just boost that team so much. My my problem with that is I don't think the Knicks even think about it until you throw right. Derrick Rose in that trade. Um, yeah, you know it's I I don't I just don't you know they're not throwing Jimmy Butler in. I guess Paul Gasol is an option to be thrown in there, but then you're looking at a few for probably a couple first round picks. Um, and these first-round picks aren't going to be – they're not high-value first-round picks. They're going to be closer to second-round picks than they are going to be the top ten picks. Uh, so it's just it's, – they're stuck. They're all, it, it's kind of yeah. how we talked yesterday. You know, some teams just are stuck in neutral – or, excuse me, Monday. And some – you know, they almost seem like they're stuck in neutral, maybe even going in reverse a little bit. Right, and that's that's where this Bulls team, and they kind of just are what they are. They're going to win 50 games in the regular season, and then they're going to sputter at some point in the postseason a lot like they did last year. There's a team in the Central Division that I am more than, than enamored with, and, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a soapbox, and I'm going to get a little giddy here and, and, and pretend that I'm 13 again because this, this team, no no pun intended for Paul George and the Indiana Pacers, I mean, seriously, this team – I love this team for this season. Reason being, they came into last year with a lot of issues. Paul George was out for the season. I mean, we all thought he wouldn't come back. He did miraculously in March and nearly. And I'm talking like one, two, three days away from potentially getting into the postseason. And they finished with a 38-44 and record. And I, I really don't know how they did it. I mean, David West was in another stratosphere with his mindset. Roy Hibbert was, again, floating on cloud nine, or should I say cloud 11. Dude wasn't even on the court. I mean, he was a 7-2 floating mega beam. He was nothing. And they had Paul George come back, and Fred, Frank Vogel still felt to keep this team intact and find a way to win 35-plus games without really an offensive firepower, and they still found a way to stay contentious. And this offseason, they only improved by a, by a ton. Monte Ellis is, I think, one of the biggest signings this offseason from multiple perspectives. The guy can come in and give you an instant fire punch and give you 15 to 20 points 
right away. Paul George, as we know, when healthy, if he comes in and plays the way he can, apparently he's projected to play at the power forward position, which I don't, I don't understand, but I guess if you're going to put C.J. Miles at the small forward, that makes sense. George Hill is another guy who is fundamental and a guy who comes from a system in the Spurs, again, a couple years ago, three, four years ago, who knows what it takes to run the point at a very high clip. George Hill is a poor man's Mike Conley. A guy who, who is under the radar, no one really knows about him, but he's so fundamentally sound and so good with the ball that he makes his team instantly better. He's not a superstar. He's not a great player. He's not an all-star. He's just a guy that's going to get the job done and not turn the ball over. He's going to run a system pretty much to perfection. The only question that they have in Indiana is the fact that they – who's going to start at the center position? And from what it looks like, they've got a guy in Miles Turner, maybe Jordan Hill, Ian Mahimi, one of those guys. It, either way – they have – this is the thing. Getting rid of Roy Hibbert and getting rid of David West makes your team better. Roy Hibbert was a 7-2 nothing. The guy did nothing for your team. And bringing in a young, ready-to-go, hungry Miles Turner, Jordan Hill, a guy who's only going to get better with the, with the likes of more playing time, Ian Mahimi can get you more – I'm telling you, they're not great, but they're, they're better – and more driven than a guy that Roy Hibbert was. Then you got a guy off the bench in Rodney Stuckey, a guy who proved in Detroit who can play a very, very high clip and score with the best of them. He's a guy who can get you 15 points off the bench and do it with a relative ease. And I've seen him start for the Indiana Pacers multiple times, and the guy can play at a high clip on the offensive side of the ball. He could be the sixth man of the year if all goes well in Indiana this year. And then – and then you got to factor in, they also have some guys off the bench who are no slouches themselves. Solomon Hill is a fantastic small forward, a guy who can come in off the bench. Lavoy Allen proved multiple times this year that he is a rebounding force and a guy who can get you some solid minutes. Chase Budinger is a guy who can shoot you threes. He can do some things. Glenn Robinson III is a young guy who is projected to only get better as his career goes forward. And Rakeem Christmas is another guy that can get better. I'm telling you, if this team is healthy, because – People forget, and this is where people forget about the Indiana Pacers and what kind of blows my mind, and it's mostly because of the era we live in with Twitter and Facebook and social media. People forget. Before this, before this all came out, and again, the phone number is 323-642-1558 for the Hoopers Log. Again, you're listening to the Hoopers Log here on CLNS Radio. The thing people forget about this Indiana Pacers team is the fact that two years ago, yes, they got beat by – Probably the greatest Miami eh, – maybe not the greatest because this was 2014, the 2014 playoffs. They got beat by a Miami Heat team that clearly was just better than them and that, and that Indiana was just kind of wearing down. They were already kind of in that down phase, but they were still one of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference by far. The year before that, you could have made the case that when Miami had their great run winning 27 in a row, that Indiana was right there on their heels. Indiana was right there. And Frank Vogel was throughout that the whole time. Paul George was gone last year. Monte Ellis wasn't in the picture. Roy Hibbert was still floating around. David West was getting older. I mean, this team was not the team they could be now. And now they have Paul George, Monte Ellis, George Hill, three guys. And if everything goes well for Indiana and George Hill only improves, which he seems to be doing every single year, this team looks like a team that could contend in the Eastern Conference and come out of nowhere. I mean, do I think they're going to, do I think they're going to win the Eastern Conference. I I am on the verge of thinking so, but people are so not paying attention to them to the point where they've got nothing to lose. And when you have a team that has gone to back-to-back Eastern Conference finals and a just mega superstar in Paul George waiting in the wings 
and he's had a full season under his belt to recover, you're talking about a guy and a team that is just – that is a dangerous team and a coach that has seen it all, a coach that has gone through turmoil like last season, the prior two years of being in the Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back. Granted, the Eastern Conference is getting better, but they're playing in a division where we just mentioned the Chicago Bulls are not the team they used to be. Early on in this season, Cleveland is going to have some problems at the guard position. Well, Indiana can match them up with Monte Ellis and George Hill. Then you got a team in Detroit and another team in Milwaukee. Now, Milwaukee's another story, and we'll get to those two teams in a second. But the Indiana Pacers are a team that really the only question they have, can they get an identity? Can they permify a, a kind of identity to come into this season and become the team that they were a couple years ago? I wanted to talk about that because really this Indiana Pacers team is really just really attractive from the perspective of they could do some serious damage this year in the Eastern Conference and no one's talking about them. I I know you love this team. I know you do. But uh, I, I think we need to take a chill pill just a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, I love the starting lineup. I really do. And you got you got Jordan Hill, who we've seen can either be really good or he can be really, really, really bad. Um, of course, at the four, you got a superstar. You got Paul George. Um, Monte, George Hill, both really good ball players. But when, when you start to look at this bench outside of Rodney Stuckey, who do you see? You see Tony Douglas, Jill Young, uh, Chase Bunninger, Solomon Hill. These are these are below average basketball players. These are guys who are going to come in and like who we talked, who we went on and on about the bench yesterday. They play a team like the Celtics. They're just going to get run all over. It's going to. I do think this team will make the playoffs. I do think it's a maybe win a playoff series. But I just – and you, you also don't really know who, how good Paul George is going to be. Uh, when you take a year off of the game, you you lose something. He might have found it. He might have got it back. But you you really do lose something. And who knows? He might be hesitant. He might be scared of that leg. It, it, there's a whole lot going on here. That could result in an awesome team. This could result in a 45-50 win team in the Eastern Conference. But it could also end in a team that doesn't make playoffs, that never really finds their stride. And I think they're closer to the not making the playoffs than they are to the challenging for the Eastern Conference. I think the one thing, I think the one thing about this team that makes me so excited is that, well, first of all, all of their contract situations are all set out till about 2018, the summer of 2018. That's three, that's two, two plus years from now. And on top of that, a lot like a lot of other teams, this team is building from within. Miles Turner, a rookie, a young guy coming in. Rodney Stuckey, yes, he came from Detroit, but he's not a starter. He's, he can start from time to time. But he's a guy who will get you points off the bench. Again, you said the deeper part of their bench outside of Lavoy Allen, and obviously you go down to Solomon Hill. Yes, they're, I, I agree with you. They're below average players. The thing that this team is known to do, though, is find a way to just grind out. And Frank Vogel, I give him a lot of credit. He has found a way to, make, to get players to their max potential. And Paul George, as we know, at one point was a top five player in the NBA, maybe even top three with Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and then you have Paul George. I mean, he was that good before he got hurt. And you're talking about a team where if they have one guy, and that could be C.J. Miles, that could be Miles Turner for all we know as a rookie, maybe even Rodney Stuckey off the bench, and potentially George Hill. One guy. 
steps up and just plays out of his mind, kind of like a Kyle Lowry on the Toronto Raptors last year, if he just plays out of his mind, one of those guys, this team is a 50-win team. It's, it's just that simple because Paul George automatically adds about six wins to what happened last year with 38. So that's a 44-win team all by itself. And then if one guy steps up, you add Monte Ellis, that's another couple of wins. You have one guy step up. You're talking about a team that could win 50 games, maybe more. And if the early season roll gets, gets on like it could with how healthy everyone is coming in, talking about a team that, like I said, gets on a hot start. They turn into the Atlanta Hawks from a year ago. Who knows? They could be the team with 30 wins coming into, you know, coming into January. I mean, not even January, coming into February. And they can be the team everyone's talking about. And with that kind of role, that for all we know, that could roll them into the postseason, maybe even get them to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the like top notch of what I see with them. I, I don't see a ceiling with this team. I mean, I really don't. I, I see this team potentially, and like you said, yes, the bench does have a lot of below average players, and I'm not discounting that. It's just more of the fact that Paul George is coming back healthy, and they added another firepower weapon in Monte Ellis. They didn't have that a year ago, and they still won 38 games. It was a colossal, epic disaster in Indiana, and they still won 38 games. I mean, what does that say about the, the organization and what they put together? And then to add two superstars on top of that, that's kind of like, to me, and I know this is ludicrous to say this, and it's, it's not comparable. It's just, it's, just, it's just kind of to get your mind rolling. It's a lot like what the Miami Heat did when they brought in uh, LeBron James. It is. It's a lot like it because Paul George is near that. He's not LeBron. He's nowhere near LeBron. But he is, he is, when it comes to that con- conversation, Paul George is in the conversation. He's not LeBron. He won't be LeBron, but he's in the conversation. It's like that. They're adding Paul George back. Monte Ellis is kind of a Dwayne Wade. You know, I'm not saying anyone else is Chris Bosh because they're not, but I'm just giving you an outline of what this team looks like coming into this year. No one's talking about him, and they have two superstars on this team. Now, maybe Monte Ellis is a superstar. But it's just this team can really come out of nowhere, and I think it's, 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 just, it's just crazy for people to not focus on this team because, again, Cleveland's injured early on. Chicago is what they are. And then you have the rest of the division that's kind of – so early on they can succeed. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Early on they'll look really good, I think. Later on, that's a different discussion. We'll get into that later. But early on, I think this team will look like what they look like. And I, and I anticipate an Atlanta Hawks type of year from a year ago for this team. They'll get off to a hot start. They'll be the surprise team. But remember, I mean, this team, again, back-to-back Eastern Conference championships, they have an identity of knowing what it takes to get there. Now, are a lot of these guys there? No. But Paul George has that. And Paul George can carry that mentality. George Hill has been along for the ride. You know, these guys have seen these things, and they're only coming back with that kind of mentality. And they have a perspective with the media giving them no chance, really. They're just saying they're going to be an average team, which I think is fair. I think it's fair because considering last year was a disaster and their bench got worse, I agree with that. But their starting lineup is terrifying because you have scores all over the starting front. I mean, Monte Ellis, C.J. Miles can score buckets. Rodney Stuckey can come in and score. Miles Turner, who knows what he can do, but he's known to be a threat uh, coming out of college. And George Hill can only run the point, and he's one of the more solidified point guards in the NBA. And I, and I get where you're coming from. I do. I do. I get where you're coming from, where everyone else is coming from. But I had to get excited for this team because, man, I'm telling you, I, I think there's going to be some good things coming into Indiana. We're going to talk about the Detroit Pistons. We're, unless you got anything else on the Indiana Pacers. No, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the Pistons. Of course, I'm ready for the Pistons. Talk about your Pistons. It's your team. Talk about it. 
All right. So this team, uh, you know, they went through an off season where they they really and it, it's not uh, going to gain a lot of national attention for what they did. But for with a coach like Stan Van Gundy and with a player like Andre Drummond, these are the things that could absolutely boost this franchise into the next great era, or at least the start of the next great era of this franchise. You know, you had the bad boys. You had the, I, I just call them the early 2000 bad boys. I mean, they're they're close. They were that uh, decade's version of them. Um, you know, real quick, a couple things they did in the offseason. Uh, re-signed Reggie Jackson. Um, they drafted Stanley Johnson, who I'm a homer. I'm the ultimate homer, but I think he wins rookie of the year. I think he's that good. He's got the right mentality. And even in summer league, he looked nasty. Preseason, he's looked nasty so far. He wants the ball. He wants to score. He wants to rebound. He wants to play defense. He wants to do it all. Um, acquired Ersan Eliasova, uh, Aaron Baines, uh, uh, Marcus Morris, Steve Blake, Reggie Bullock. You made some moves to really fit this system. Stan Van Gundy likes the four-out, one-in He wants you to be able to throw it down low to the block, in this case, Drummond, and he wants Drummond to either just take it and slam it home or have four guys to pass it to. That's why Ersan Eliasova in this offense can, I mean, he can sprout into a very good basketball player. Um, you, you got Re, you got Reggie Jackson, who, again, call me a homer, call me what you want. I think he competes for an all-star spot. Last 16 games of the 2014-2015 season, he went on and averaged 20 points and 10 assists a game. As a starter last year, you know, John, John Wall had some comments about how Reggie Jackson got the same contract as him. When Reggie Jackson started for either the Thunder or the Pistons, he averaged one less point and two less assists than John Wall throughout the year. If you don't think that that is a guy who's at least close to an all-star yeah. level, you are crazy. It's it's that simple. Yeah. Um, now they're they're coming in this year and it, it, they're they're going to fight for a playoff spot. I really I really believe they're going to be close to 500. Um, you know, if they're the Pistons in the last five years, they're gonna they're gonna get on runs. They're gonna do everything they can to just make you think they're gonna make it, and then they're gonna fall out and get the ace pick in the draft. But I really think this team could be different. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, in my opinion, top top probably top seven coach in the NBA. Um, he, yeah. he really knows how to get the best out of his players, and he really fits the Detroit blue collar style of. We don't need LeBron James. We don't need Paul George. We don't need Kevin Durant. We need five guys who are going to work. We're going to, you know, just kind of act like the people of Detroit, you know, work together, work as a community, do all that, and push this team as a team. Um, you know, this is this is a team where if you have, you have two players, three players really, that if they live up to their potential, you have a big three. That's Reggie Jackson, Stanley Johnson, and Andre Drummond. If they live up to their potential, you have a big three. It's that simple. Then you at, at the two guard, you have KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope. You know he, not the best shooter, not the best offensive player, but can he put some locks on people? I, I mean, he he makes big shots. Sure, he's not the best offensive player, but but when you need him to step up, most of the time it's going to be defensively. He's going to chase you down and make a momentum shifting block. He's, he's not going to let you get to the hole. He's, he can really affect the game in that way. Um, you know, a couple questions you really got to figure out this year if Drummond's a star. Um, you know, a lot of people consider DeAndre Jordan a star. I don't. I think Andre Drummond's and, – and this is this is might sound crazy. I think Andre Drummond's basement is DeAndre Jordan. I really do. 
Um, yeah. You've got to figure out if he's a star or if he's a very good ball player. Um, he's not going to be anything less. You know, I'd, I'd settle for superstar. <laughs> um, you know, you you got to figure out also, is Reggie Jackson a star? Uh, yeah. Is he the is he the guy who we saw in the last 16 games as a Piston or the first 16 games as a Piston or whatever it was? And then also you got to figure out, did you get the steal of the draft? Did you get the guy who, in, in his first week uh, in the NBA, he made comments along the lines of, I want to be better than LeBron James. What, and, and coming from a guy like him, it didn't come off as cocky. It didn't come off as anything like that. It came off as, I want to be the best best player in the league, and I'm going to work till I have it. Um, so, so my question to you is, if everything – I want two scenarios. Everything goes right for this team, where do you think they end up? And if everything just kind of falls into place, nobody improves to a great point, just kind of average season, where do you think this team ends up? Well, look, about a year ago, I had this team as a dark horse in the postseason. And I'm talking like eight seed, seven seed. Uh, that was what I had the Pistons as. They were they were actually the favorites by a lot as dark horses to make the postseason, considering they had Greg Monroe, Andre Drummond. Uh, they had a couple other guys. I believe Josh Smith was there, if I'm not mistaken. They had, they had some guys with talent. And that now coming into this year, if everything goes well, I still think they're a potential eighth spot. Now, again, just realistically, I mean, as we've just mentioned, Indiana, Chicago, Cleveland, this is – and then we're going to get to Milwaukee in a little bit. This, this team really is the redheaded stepchild of this, of this division. They, they are completely overlooked. As much as I talk about Indiana not being looked at, I mean, Detroit, no one's talking about them when it comes to this division. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I looked at this team, like you said, you mentioned some names. Reggie Jackson, I agree with you 100%. This guy budding just – he has just been basically just been hanging out behind Russell Westbrook the last two or three years. This guy is, should have been on a starting lineup a long time ago. This guy is a legitimate threat offensively, defensively. He's a great point guard, in my opinion. And I think, like you said, he's going to jump in to become an all-star this year. He should. He's got all the people around him to do so. I mean, he got Brandon Jennings off the bench. Jody Meeks can score as well. People forget that that guy could light it up for L.A., the Lakers a couple of years ago when he came off the bench. He's a great scorer. Steve Blake can come in and play some fundamental game against Stanley Johnson right behind Marcus Morris. He has a great cast around him to grow into the potential superstar that he might want to become. Um, the only issue, and Brandon Jennings out till Thanksgiving, by the way, so he's out for a while. So Reggie Jackson really has some time to shine. I mean, again, some of the no, some of the guys they signed this offseason are a little questionable. Uh, Aaron Baines is the main one. I don't understand the signing there. Uh, Anthony Tolliver is an eh. I mean, he rebounds. Joel Anthony is an eh. He's got a championship background, but that's about it. And then Reggie Bullock, Danny Granger. I mean, you're talking about guys who are really just kind of eh uh, on that part of the bench. Now, the, the main four I mentioned, Steve Blake, Jody Meeks, Brandon Jennings, Stanley Johnson. That, that is something to be reckoned with when it comes to a bench. And the starting lineup is no slouch either. Like you said, Reggie Jackson, Davies Caldwell Pulp. You got Marcus Morris and potentially Stanley Johnson there. And then obviously Irsan Ilasova and Andre Drummond. You're right about Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan are literally the same player. The only difference is Andre Drummond is better defensively. He is. He, he is, in my opinion, Andre Drummond is better defensively. And that's saying something considering – DeAndre Jordan is a beast. He is a monster defensively, but considering DeAndre Jordan plays in a bigger market, 
uh, he's looked at more. Andre Drummond is pretty much the same player, if not more of a beast. He's that much better than him. And, yes, they both, they both shoot poorly from the free throw line. They both shoot poorly from the free throw line. But, I mean, let's be honest for a second. Uh, can you hear me? Am I doing okay? Yeah, everything's good. Do you good. hear me? Everything's, uh, good. everything's good. Okay, yeah, I just heard some rustling in the background. I thought everything was screwing up. Anyway, uh, no, I, Andre Drummond is a guy that, like I said, very talented, very good. The, the only issue I have is, I mean, this is the question I wanted to ask you. Is the loss of Greg Monroe really a big deal for Detroit? I mean, is that really an issue? Loss is, the loss of Greg Monroe is the best thing to happen to this team since wow. drafting Drummond. Um, he's he's a player who you look at his stat line night in and night out. You're seeing 15 and 10, and you're going, wow, that's that's a good big man, especially in today's NBA. Um, mm-hmm. I've never seen somebody get so lost so often on defense. It's it's okay. it's embarrassing as a Pistons fan when I'm watching these games, and I see this guy go and on one end of the court, he'll miss a guy defensively, just let him get an open dunk, and then he'll go down to the other end of the court amazing footwork, put his footwork on, uh, miss a layup, and then he'll walk down the court literally crying to the refs. It it changes the team's yeah. mindset. It really you know, negative. It's just not not a good player to have on a team. I don't like him on the Bucks. I, I didn't like him on the Pistons. Um, but I, I really him getting out, especially in Sam Van Gundy's system, is the best thing to happen to this team in years. And you talked about and you talked about me giving you a separate scenario if this team didn't make the postseason. Look, this team could just honestly, with what they did last year, thirty wins. I mean, really, I, that's that's kind of about what I see them again next year. Worst case scenario, this team really realistically is a team that's going to hover around thirty five, forty five wins. Forty five wins is, is are their ceiling right now. They're clearly in a team. They're, in my opinion, they're clearly a team in rebuilding mode. But like you said, a guy like Stan Van Gundy, he reminds me a lot of a guy like Chip Kelly. Now, I'm not trying to rip Stan Van Gundy by saying he's Chip Kelly, but he has his own style of offense. But like you said, he does get the best of his players. And that is the thing that is really a positive. Plus, you have to factor in, he's also the part-time GM, if I'm not mistaken, in Detroit. Is that correct? Isn't he like a part GM as well? He is uh, president of basketball operations. Same thing as Doc. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. So it's, that's, that's, that's all you need to know. So that's kind of what I figured. And he knows what's best for this team. And he's going to do everything he can to make this team better. Now, again, they could win 35 games just as easily as they could win 45 games. They really could. It, it just depends on kind of where their, their development is. And again, they could also fall off and become, like you said, a top 10 draft pick. They could. It, it's, it just depends on how they develop and how their team gets together. Realistically, this is kind of the first year this whole team will be put together. They really are a lot different from a year ago. And if they can just put it all together, like I said, eighth, seventh seed, a team that can get into the postseason, make that big step, a lot like the Celtics last year, make that step, and then who knows, they pick up another guy, or Stanley Johnson becomes that guy by the end of this season. If he wins, wins rookie of the year, a la like Damian Lillard a couple of years ago when he just blew the rookie of the year category away, if he does that, you're talking about a team that potentially could be the fifth seed, sixth seed a couple of years from now and be a team to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference. That's just where they're at. And if a lot of their signings make those leaps, a la Aaron Baines, a la Elias Silva, and they make those steps that you mentioned, yeah, they're a team to be reckoned with in this conference or in this division, and especially in this conference. So they could be that. 
It just depends on how they'll rebuild and how they are. And, again, I think they're a couple pieces away. But, again, for all we know, those couple of pieces could be Stanley Johnson or Irsan Ilyasova. I mean, that really could be where they're at. Anything more you want to talk about on the Detroit Pistons? I just want to say one thing. Go Pistons. I see 43 wins. <laughs> I wouldn't be honestly. I wouldn't be shocked if I saw a 43 win Pistons team this year. They they could have done it last year. They could easily do it again this year. Again, you're listening to the Hoopers Log here on CLNS Radio. We're gonna go to a quick break, real quick, and then we're gonna talk about the Milwaukee Bucks for a second about what they did this off season, and then we'll get to some division awards. Now why you wanna go and do that, or do that Sometimes I say that I'm the best, I guess I had to prove that You know I had to cop that mansion on the hill and pull that You know I don't rely on A-balls, no I never pulled that You know I always like the best, scroll it up and pull that Now baby don't get too deep on me, I might have to pull back I got re-roll, drinks cold if you wanna do that And I be in and out of love, the OGs be like true that Cause you know sometimes man that shit can get way too irritating Say the wrong thing to the right girl, you might not make it Dark skin with a light to girl like Tadex And you go from trying to save her to her taking your savings And when she do, man, watch how them talk Wonder how they would feel if all I've got crisscross What if you lost your homie and you felt like crisscross Double cross, I swear that Christians don't even get this cross Talk so much that it never pissed off She talk so much that she done made my dick off Pushing all my buttons, this ain't pinball I guess women are sometimes like a jigsaw Sometimes you hit a lick, sometimes you get ripped off Sometimes you gotta sit, sometimes it's time for lift off Sometimes I just shut up and let my wrist talk It be like, we don't got time for bullshit Dog. You know I'm one-to-one, just like the prototype You look like the um, you owe me type Oh, Harley never taking pictures, not the photo type Nope, please don't Instagram this shit and be up on me like Oh, you owe me likes Man, I swear these people don't know what the f*** is more important to them The more I kick philosophy, the more I'm boring to them The more it's champagne I pop, the more I'm pouring to them I just hope that's not the only single thing that's going through them I hop up on the beat like it's the 08 me Where we was riding 4D, boy, no AC Headed to the game for OKC, now I'm courtside at OKC, I know KD, and all these singing bitches know me like Do Re Mi, Five Soul Lati Do, but Do come first, no late fees, Kool-Aid smile, Colgate teeth, the bigger that I get, the more I need strength, I be in and out of cars like a flack of crash dummy, spending money till it's dizzy, but I still stash something, you know, but I'm trying to get that real, real money, like, um, white people with a black son, and first time I met Oprah, that was motivated. Went from standing in court to starting up a corporation Went so hard last night that we made the morning paper Plus my girls rated R All yo, it's overrated Damn Say I changed, how to damn, how to do Say I'm hard to get in contact with Oh, is that true? Well, what about now? 313-515-8772 Welcome on back to the Hoopers Login It is your Central Division preview with some Big Sean, obviously, from Detroit, Michigan And uh, we're going to get into the Milwaukee Bucks again If you'd like to call in and talk about the Central Division The phone number is 
646-642-1558 is the number. We're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks as our last team, and then we'll get into some division awards. I want to talk about them real quick. I don't know if Andrew really wants to talk about them, but I will. Again, I was in deep with this team kind of in the offseason and the moves they made, but over time I've kind of seen what they have, and they're really kind of a team from coming they're, – they're, they're, they got a year away. I think they're a year away. Again, a lot of these teams in this division are really a year away. I mean, really, outside of Cleveland and Chicago and maybe even Indiana. But, I mean, Indiana might be this year. I mean, I'm excited for them. But to be honest, I mean, they might be a year away as well, depending upon what happens. Chicago might be one player away. You know, Milwaukee might be one year away. They have the mo- Milwaukee has the most potential in the NBA. Jason Kidd is the second coach, second season uh, this year for the Milwaukee Bucks. He was second in the Coach of the Year award last year. The guy is unbelievable as a head coach. He's proven it with the Nets, now with the Bucks again, and now he's got more weapons. Again, picking up Greg Monroe, as we just talked about from Detroit Pistons, Jabari Parker, a guy coming in finally healthy this year, a guy who is projected to be another Carmelo Anthony with his offense. Now, I'm not saying he is Melo, but he's projected to be that kind of player. Giannis Antetokounmpo, again, 6'11", length. Chris Middleton got signed to a big deal this offseason, 6'7", length. Michael Carter-Williams, he's a Jason Kidd toy. That's what I call him. I call him a Jason Kidd toy. 6'6", again, tall, lengthy point guard. O.J. Mayo off the bench. He's the captain of this team. John Henson, Grievous Vasquez, Jared Bayless, Miles Plumley, Chris Copeland. This team has length everywhere. They have length everywhere, and that is their strength. I was watching some preseason games the other day, and I saw this team, and I saw them other teams trying to make passes in the regular pass lanes. Milwaukee stopped all of it. I mean, that is, that is what this team will be known for this year is the amount of defensive steals in the passing lane. You're going to see it all season long. Every time there's a, a, a lazy pass thrown, expect a Milwaukee Buck hand to be in there. That's pretty much what's going to happen with this team. They have the most potential. Can they utilize their size? That's one of the main questions coming into this season. Will they take that step this season to become legit, like a Chicago, Cleveland, or maybe even Indiana, like I mentioned earlier? Can they develop the youth? Can they focus on what they need to do as a team and improve? I mean, they got to the postseason last year and didn't do much with it, but that was their first year. This is their second year making that step, making a big signing in Greg Monroe. What is the future of this organization? The other thing, uh, are they going to be here in Milwaukee? I mean, that might – play a part into how they play this season. I mean, this team could move next season, depending upon, or maybe not next season, but a year after, depending upon what their arena is. You know, what they could go to Vegas or come here to Seattle. You know, they, it could be one of those situations where this team could be really up in the air, and who knows what they could ha- what could happen with them. Do you have any comments on the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, pretty simple. 33 wins. Oh, wow. That's pretty low. Yeah. I, I expect I, – yeah. I, I think they're. I think they're going to take a step. I think they're going to improve. I think. I think they might take a step to win uh, in the forty range. Maybe be above average a little bit. Be like. Be like what you said. The Pistons forty three wins. But again, it's all going to depend on how this team gels and what they do this next season. Again, if this team can generate offense at a pretty good clip, they have the most potential to dominate this season. To dominate, really, they do. But that's what it is. Potential. They just have height, and they have. They. They, they might have, be a couple years away. But it depends. It really all depends coming into this year. The Milwaukee Bucks really, in my opinion, the most potential in the NBA. They just need to harness it and find a way to improve. And like you said, uh, Andrew just said it. They could win 33 games this year. They could win 45. It's a lot like the Pistons. It just depends on how they harness their talent. And if they harness it, I'm telling you, this is a scary team. 
Division awards. Do we have our division awards? Give them to me. We do. First one, division MVP. Easy. LeBron, who you got? Um, can I pick, uh, can I pick Uncle Drew? Um, LeBron. I'm going to pick LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. All right. Division least valuable player. Uh, big contract, not worth it. Whatever. Greg Monroe. I knew you were going to say Greg Monroe. I, I knew <laughs> you were going to say Greg Monroe. Okay. Least valuable. You know, what's ironic is I say that, that, uh, you know, the, the Indiana Pacers are going to do well. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go with the starter. I'm going to say least valuable player. And I don't know if you're going to like this. I'm going to say, uh, God, who do I pick? There's so many good players in this division. I don't know who to pick. I'm going to go with actually least valuable player. I'm going to say Kevin Love. You know why? Because Kevin Love has Ooh. not found his niche in Cleveland. And I don't think that's going to be the case again. I think, again, he's going to be the least utilized player in the division. Okay. Uh, coach of the year in this division, I got uh, Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, that's not Homer at all. Oh, I'm going to go with uh, Frank Vogel. I think Frank Vogel is going to be the guy that's really going to be the, the, the coach of the year in this division. Right, I'm going to be a Homer one more time. Division most sure. improved player, I got Reggie Jackson. Oh, I'm going, I'm going Jabari Parker. Uh, reason being, Jabari Parker was out last year. Uh, if this guy comes in and plays anything like he's projected to do, he's going to be a guy who's going to score you 20 points a game. I think it's going to be Jabari Parker. All right, per game leaders, before we end the show here, we got points per game. I got LeBron anywhere from 25 to 27. Woo, points per game? Really, points per game leader? You know what? Yeah, I, I'm going to have to say LeBron. Yep, LeBron. All right. <laughs> the whole room is really going to come out, but I think these are – at least one of them is the right pick. Uh, assist per game leader, I want to hear yours first so you got the division. Um, you know what's crazy about that? There are actually a lot of good point guards in this division. I mean, you have Michael Carter-Williams, George Hill, Reggie Jackson, Derek Rose, Kyrie Irving when he's healthy. I mean, this is a loaded conference with uh, assists. I'm actually going to say – I'm going to say this because you're going to say – I know you're going to say Reggie Jackson. I'm going to say George Hill considering the fact that they have Paul George back, Monte Ellis – Miles Turner could take the step up. Uh, Rodney Stuckey, you're talking about a George Hill guy who could easily average eight to ten assists this year if if all goes right in Indiana. I'm going to say George Hill. I, I wanted to say George Hill, but then I thought more and more Paul George does like to bring the ball, of course, and handle it a little bit. So, of course, I'm going home and Reggie Jackson. Okay, rebounds for game leader. I don't even think it's going to be close. I think it could be by three rebounds. Uh, Andre Drummond, I got him at around 14, 15 rebounds. If you don't think Andre Drummond's going to get 17 rebounds a game, you're insane. It's Andre Drummond. <laughs> All this, right. This is a fun division, man. This is a fun division. It really is. There could be, like I said, all five of these teams could make the playoffs this year. They all have the capability to do so. Obviously, there are two, maybe even three teams potentially could represent the Eastern Conference in this division. Um, and then, like I said, all five this year could make the postseason a lot like the Southwest Division in the Western Conference. That is our preview show. Again, no one called in. If you'd like to call in in the future, the phone number is 323-642-1558. That is our show for today. Again, we've got about a minute left in the show. Uh, again, our next show will be on Friday, this Friday, October 16th, 2015. Same time, same place. 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. We will be previewing the Southeast Division, where the reigning four-time, before last year, four-time Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat 
played. We will be to, we will be looking at that division, and we will be seeing who could come out of that division. It's an interesting one. I've done some research. It's rather fascinating to see where that team and where that entire division will be. Andrew, anything else? That's it, man. Just keep tuning in. Keep listening. I want somebody to win this 2K, so let's go. Heck yeah, man. Win the 2K. Uh, I apologize again for my muteness uh, and what I did early on in the show. So if you heard that, I apologize for that. Again, keep listening again. Friday, October 16, 2015, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific here, previewing the Southeast Division. Thank you again for listening. Have a fantastic day.